The call on the ice stands. We got a goal. I'm loving these kids. I want to adopt them. How's that? I want to clean them up and raise them as my own. What's up, Squid Squad? You're listening to the Squid Pod. I'm Dan Morris. This is my brother, Jeremy. How's it going, eh? And welcome to episode 16, the Marcel Dion episode. For those who don't know, Marcel Dion wore number 16 for the LA Kings. He is one of eight players in NHL history to score at least 700 goals. That so. is a lot of goals. That's a lot. That's hard to do. Not many guys is, have done he, it. What is he, fifth all-time, you said? Fifth all-time, yep. How many does Ovechkin have to... Well, he's one ahead of Alex Ovechkin right now. In regular season goals. <laughs> so, so, soon to be sixth all-time. Soon to be sixth all-time. Anyway... This is a very special episode for other reasons. Jeremy, did anything exciting happen related to the Kraken holy, recently? Holy shit, dude. <laughs> oh my god. We are we are coming at you live. This is Wednesday night when we're recording this. Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021. The NHL draft lottery uh, was tonight. It was sort of the Kraken's first first taste of being being a part of something special in the NHL. And... Uh, Oh man, I've had I've been excited all day, and I got goosebumps just talking about it. It was it was phenomenal. Uh, I haven't been phenomenal. this excited about something, and so like just turning on the draft lottery, and as soon as they started flipping over those cards, counting down from fifteen to see oh, who's man. getting each pick, I went, "Oh man, one of these cards has our logo on it. This is going to be so fun." And then to end up with the thrill of actually being, we got down to we were the last card revealed because it gets down to. They say number three, and then they say, here, you know, there's two teams left, you know, Buffalo and Seattle, mm-hmm. and they've showed number one. And, you know, we actually, like, we had that moment where it was a 50-50 shot. Like, is it is it us or is it Buffalo? Did we, did and, we get the uh, first pick? <laughs> yeah, right? And it was so, it was, like, it was so cool to see that and be a part of it. And then the SCR card. So, for those that don't know, the way the, the draft lottery works, Dan, will you break it down for the people? Yeah. So, uh, as with other sports, you know, uh, typically the entry draft – goes based on the reverse order of where you finished in the standings the previous year. So, like, worst team in the league gets first picks, second worst team gets second pick. But instead of just giving out the picks like that, that's how like that's how they do it in the NFL. Just the worst team gets the first pick. Um, this is more similar to how they do it in the NBA, uh, where the worst team just has the best odds at getting the first pick. So this year, the Buffalo Sabres, for example, were the worst team in the league, had, what, like 15 wins or something all year. Uh, so in the lottery, they had more ping pong balls in the lotto machine than anybody else. They had a 16.6% chance at getting the first overall pick. The Ducks came in second with 12.1% chance. The Kraken were thrown in there. They didn't play any games, so they just got the same odds as the third worst team, the New Jersey Devils. So they had a 10.3% chance of getting the first overall pick. Uh, some other rules here is no team or... What is it? You can't move down more than two spots. So if they happen to pull, like, uh, I don't know, the Red Wings and the Sharks balls first, so the Red Wings and Sharks got picked first and second, they would just stop and they say, okay, Red Wings, Sharks, you pick first and second. And from there, it's just straight order you finish in the standings. So the Kraken realistically had a chance to move up to one or two, 
or to fall back to four or five or stay at three. And we moved up to two. We picked second overall. Dude, it was awesome. Way to go, man. That is that was a that was a very that good work? explanation. Did I cover? Yeah, yeah, Did they, I miss anything? No, there's that's it. Like I mean, the, the the plain and simple. The reason nobody can move down two spots is basically they pull two names out of the hat. They pull one team. Yeah. Whichever team they pull, they take all them out, and then everyone's odds change a little bit because they however many balls were in the thing or tickets were in the hat or whatever it is they're doing back there. Um, then then that's how many they have left, and whoever they pick the second one. So it just it just. To me, it's, it's so cool to think that, and I wish that part would be on TV. I think that's how the NBA used to do it, or I feel like they used to have it like that. Yeah. I feel like I've seen back in the I day they, they used to have like year, live, yeah. because it would have been so cool to see the Kraken ball come up like second. You know, it would have been so cool to it, see it actually get pulled, because yeah. you know the first one was Buffalo, um, who had the best odds, but the Kraken jumped the Ducks. The Ducks had a twelve point one percent chance. We had a ten point three percent chance, so we 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 jumped the Ducks and. We are picking number two overall in the, for the for the first pick. Uh, Vegas picks number five their first year. They got Cody Glass, so we are we, three spots we already up on won them already. Up Las Vegas, there you go. Already, already starting off, uh, starting, already. off in, uh, starting off in front. So I think uh, we should we should talk about who who we're looking at potentially with taking that pick right now. The the exciting thing about having the number two pick this year is there is kind of a there's not really a clear consensus number one owen power uh is a defenseman out of the university of michigan he's six foot five um he's 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 got he's got he's a good puck moving defenseman uh he plays good defense as well as good offense and he he seems to be the guy that most teams have you know most analysts and scouts have leaned towards they would take number one overall but there's a lot of there's a lot of other really good prospects out there who else is out there dan yeah owen power does appear to be the number one pick but like you said it's much more up in the air this year than it has been in years past um somebody i'm i'm really interested is uh matt veneers the center Mm -hmm. also in out of michigan Mm -hmm. uh he's ranked pretty much consensus in the top 10 wherever you look uh sometimes you'll see him as high as two sometimes as low as eight or whatever but he's supposed to be a really good like two-way forward he can play offense he plays both ends of the ice uh, everyone seems to talk about his work ethic. Uh, so that's a guy that I am, I'm, I'm stumping for Matt Beniers personally. And I really hope that the Buffalo Sabres go with Owen power because that'll keep my hopes alive for that one. Yeah. Matt Beniers is exciting. He's exciting. Yeah. I watching him at world juniors. That's the only time I've really watched him play like live hockey, you know, cause, um, you know, he's also again, same school, in Michigan. We don't, but we don't, get as much college hockey on tv out here uh yeah. but he was a fun player to watch man he was a fun mm-hmm. fun fun player to watch at the u.s world juniors and i would i, I no one's gonna be mad if Matt Beniers ends up being the ticket no. number two overall i'm, I'm uh, sure we're both a little bit biased towards guys who played for team usa too but i agreed right and speaking of guys that play for for team usa the mm-hmm. third hughes brother luke hughes who according yeah. to google the best hughes brother by the way um <laughs> <laughs> if you ask you, right. Google who is the best Hughes, it'll show you a little article. But anyway, uh, Luke Hughes is an interesting prospect. He's a defenseman. He's a little taller than his brothers. He's 6'2". Um, but he's got, you know, the, the thing that they have in common is they're they're all great skaters. And that's what you hear about Luke as well, is he's just as good of a skater as his brothers. Uh, but with the size, obviously, that I can see the, the reasons for him being a, a really good prospect. And 
with the offensive prowess his, uh, his brother Quinn has shown in Vancouver. If he can bring a little more size and maybe be a little more sound defensively and be a better version, you know, bigger, stronger version of Quinn Hughes, I, I wouldn't hate that coming on to our team either. No, Luke Hughes would be a lot of fun uh, because, like you said, he is the third Hughes brother. We got Jack Hughes went first overall in uh, 2018 to the Devils, and then Quinn Hughes plays in Vancouver. So he'd be there'd, there'd already be that connection with Vancouver, which I think mm-hmm. would be pretty fun to, to say, oh, no, we got the better Hughes brother. Sorry. And he's a top uh, ten pick too. They're all top ten picks. And so they're yeah, exactly. Like good hockey family. These guys could really go in any order. So um, I don't think I don't think you're going to see a pick that would be called a reach. Really, I think everybody's going to be pretty like, yeah, that makes sense. That could that could work. So Luke yeah. Hughes would be another fun one just for his name. Yeah, Dugu's excited about it. I can hear. Quiet down over there, Dugu. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's, it's draft lottery night, man. It's an it's exciting night. It's a draft night. lottery. She's it's excited. an exciting night. I don't blame you know. I don't blame them, but uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I, they might not. Maybe that means they're not Luke, not fans of a Luke Hughes pick. Well, how about see if they like this one? Dylan Gunther out of the WHL for Edmonton. He lit it up last year um, in a shortened season, but um, I, I didn't know much about him before. But I saw plenty of highlights that would that had me intrigued. So I uh, I also. I'm also a big Dylan Gunther fan. Between Dylan Gunther, Luke Hughes, and Maddie Beneers, those would be, I guess, in no specific order, my my three names I would hope to hear the Kraken call if Owen Power ends up going number one. Yeah, I I think I agree with those three names. Dylan Gunther is, uh, like you said, he lit it up. He's a great offensive prospect. He doesn't have you know as much maybe two way play as uh, Matt Beneers does. And he plays mm-hmm. wing, but he can he can score at will. So, mm-hmm. you know, the the one thing you're not going to be able to find in the expansion draft most likely is like goal scoring. That's going to be harder yeah. to come by when you're picking a bunch of third line guys. Yeah. Um, you know, it, we're we're likely not going to luck into a William Carlson that can score 40 goals in the first year. Right. So if we can if we can snag a goal pure goal scorer, you know, that's that that'd be good. I'm, I'm into that. For sure, especially even if it's somebody that you know. Because they can get drafted and go back to college, right? I think so. Because I feel like I, there's, I there's guys that, that... Like Cole Caulfield, he was, you know, obviously drafted to Montreal. So I, they obviously can do that. Because that's another interesting thing, too, is like we... Vegas picked Cody Glass fifth, you know, and it's taken him a couple of years to sort of, you know, move his way up. But number two overall, that can, you know... You can get an elite prospect that, in theory, maybe can make the jump in a year right away. You so know? And, I saw uh, John Barr of NHL to Seattle. He tweeted out earlier today that, on average, I don't remember how far he went back, but the number two overall pick plays about 50 games in the NHL in his first year, in that, like, the following year after the draft. See, that's, And the number that's... three pick plays, like, I think it was 28 games. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes there's sense. a difference. And, and, out, and outside of that, that's really where it stops. It's like top three maybe yeah. are playing in yeah. the NHL. And this this is another thing, though, is without there being that consensus number one, this might not be a year where, you know, this could be a year where the number one pick goes back to college and doesn't even start the year in the NHL. Like, that could happen. Yeah. That, that, that may happen this year because sometimes that's just, you know, there's no need to waste a contract here if you don't have to, if, if, if you can just bring them on for a couple games at the end of the year and it doesn't count towards their contract. Uh so there's there's and you know it's Buffalo, so you can't expect them to make the playoffs next year, obviously. So why right. why rush it? Um, no no offense to any Sabres fans, but um, I mean come on come on you're about to, you're about to lose yeah. Jack Eichel. Uh. <laughs> while, while we're talking about Buffalo though, I 
that's one of the reasons I'm not sold that they're taking Owen Power because they took Rasmus Dahlin with the first overall pick that's like true. two years ago or something. Yeah. So they already have that. They they got their next captain. Yeah, I think they have like three number one picks on their blue line right now. Or not yeah, number they, one, but sorry, first round. First picks. rounders, yeah. And then they're probably going to lose their star forward and captain in Jack Eichel. Yeah, and so they I lost, could see them. Yeah. Taking, trying to go for a forward, trying to replace their Jack Eichel with the All first the overall pick. All the goal scorers just, just, just don't want to be in Buffalo anymore. There, Taylor Hall signed the one year deal and got traded. Jeff Skinner mm-hmm. did nothing, and after Taylor Hall's success leading there, I'm sure they're going to look to move on from him. So, um, that's a very good point. They could go and take Mappineers or Dylan Gunther. Uh, yeah. they could go take one of them number one easy just to to, to, to lean towards some, some goal scoring and if that is the case if they don't take Owen Power then my immediate preference would be to take Owen Power because he sounds like sure. a type of defenseman that you would can turn into like a Victor Hedman type and you know no one's going to be mad at that yeah no personally I like I'm I'm hoping it's a forward because it's more fun uh but like <laughs> for sure you take you, you take Owen Power number two like that's not a problem it's it's sort of like when you pick a, a offensive lineman in the NFL draft in the first round it's like oh, yeah that's, I'd rather a wide receiver is more fun yeah. but you know but like it's like if can't miss left tackle you know and yeah. it's like you have to smart take pick. him you know <laughs> yeah yeah for sure you go <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like right. he's booing the Owen Power pick. It sounds like he's booing over there. He's booing. Well, give me one second. Go for it. All right, are we back? Okay, okay, we're good, we're good. We're back? Are we back? Are, yeah. we, are, we, are we doing okay over there? We're, we're okay. You Don't know, settle down. You know, you just... While you were away, you just had me sitting here thinking, you you sold me on Buffalo needing a goal scorer, and I'm now gonna be praying that they don't take Owen Power because <laughs> I would I would I, I honestly like I it's the safe pick and I, I, I would love to have Owen Power, so that's that's now my preference. Cool. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> For the so, number one prospect to fall to number two. Sold and the number one prospect falls to number two. That's a hot yeah. take. I know. I know. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm bold. I'm. You know. You know me. But I, you, know, uh, you gotta be bold. I we've like got it. some. We've got some. We've got some exciting things to watch. And Mappineers are Dylan Gunther. I think I'm with you. Like as much fun as it would be to have Luke Hughes. I think the offensive, just the the highlights we could see with just one of those two guys. Um, yeah. yeah, I think. Those I mean, are I the, know we don't have we go a roster forward. right now. We don't have a yeah. roster right now. So like it's. You would say best player available is who we should take because we don't we need everything. Yeah. Um, but I think I think defensemen are going to be easier to come by in the expansion draft, which will yeah. happen literally days before the entry draft here. Two so, days, right? Isn't it two days? Before? I think it's July twenty first is the expansion draft, and the entry draft is the twenty third. So yeah, two yeah, days. I think it's yeah they have two days before the so. first round, so they'll have their first pick, and then the second round will be after that. And who knows? They could have multiple picks the first day. They could trade that yeah. pick, you know. Who, who knows? That's they true. could. They could. They could. You know. You know. Maybe. What if Buffalo sends us Jack Eichel and they pick first and second? <laughs> and they take uh, Owen Power and Mappineers. How's that for a bold take? That is. Uh, that's a take. 
<laughs> I don't. I, I don't mean, know. I would take Jack Eichel for the second overall pick. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'd have to give it more than that. But either way, I'm just saying, like, we don't know. We don't know what this franchise is going to do. We assume, at least I assume. I don't know how you feel. I assume that we will have a little bit of draft capital, just considering we haven't lost any, you know, picks. Yeah. We're starting fresh, so we just have a pick a year from now for every round. And I would only think that in trades that are going to happen before the expansion draft, any handshake agreements that are announced today of the expansion draft, a lot of people don't think there will be as many as Vegas. I know you think that's that's nonsense. I think you have we can make every bit as many trades as Vegas did. But even yeah. if we make less, even if we make some, I would assume that in all those trades we are gaining draft picks more than we're losing, no matter what. No matter what the trade is, I assume we're going to gain draft capital. And so... It'll be interesting to see how we how we turn that into draft day. If we are just looking to fill the rosters with prospects and stock the farm, or are we going to be aggressive and we have the number two overall pick and maybe yeah, it, it, it you know who knows. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, one other thing is we don't know what the franchise will do. There is, I've seen this thrown around a couple of times already. Uh, Ron Francis does have a history as a GM, and he's had I think it was four like top 15 picks uh, while he was in Carolina mm-hmm. and he used three of them on defensemen. Hmm. Interesting. The only forward he took was uh, uh, Nietzsche's Marty Nietzsche's. And then he took, Interesting. I don't remember the other defenseman, Noah Hannafin and something. So, so I've seen a lot of people think that Seattle will go defenseman because Ron Francis likes to solidify the defense early in the draft when he can. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if Owen Power does go number one, which again he he most likely will. I mean, you can't have yeah. enough good defensemen, and if Buffalo can have, I mean, Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power as a top pairing, that's pretty formative to go against for any offense, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So if say that that does happen, like Luke Hughes is a very solid prospect who is ranked number two or higher, and even number one, he he's also another guy that, that could go number one, like. Buffalo could take Luke Hughes. Like that's he he is rated that high as well, and yeah. people do think he is that good. So, either way, if we do go defenseman and defenseman are the first two picks, we we, we would still be getting a, a high quality defenseman. Yep. All right, that's you know that's probably about all the uh, the draft prospect things I know. Yeah, I man, it's exciting. Right it's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting. So we are. As of this recording, we're under two months from the entry draft and the expansion draft. Yeah, we're a month and a month and less than three weeks. Yeah, seven weeks out. Ah, it's gonna be good. It's yeah, gonna be good. So, in other news, yeah. someone was asking uh, Ron Francis about the hiring of a head coach, and he reiterated that they were planning on having it done before the end of quarter two, and noted that the end of quarter two is a month away from right now. It so, is less than a month away. Yeah, so he he heavily implied that the coach will be hired by the end of June. Is it going to be Rick Tockett? It could be. He interviewed. Ricky Tiki Tockett. This is like the first. I don't know if it's a leak or what, but it's like the first time we've heard the Kraken and a coach, you know, like getting together talking. We you you don't even really hear any leaks about that they're interested in interviewing this guy or whatever. So uh, it's pretty wild to hear that they actually interviewed a guy. Yeah, and I didn't realize, I saw an article that said that he was teammates with Ron Francis for three years during their careers, so they have a, they have a little bit of history there. Uh, yeah, I mean, Rick talking. we talked about on the last pod, oddly enough, the day before it was announced, um, we recorded, and 
you know, he didn't thrill either of us. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the one thing he does bring to the table, like we found out, he is the the all time leader in Gordy Howe hat tricks. So he does have <laughs> that going for him. So I'm, we got we're, we got to be Ricky Tiki Taka fans for that. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I you know we you know Arizona has been a team that I would I guess a lot of people would look at as has overachieved with everything they've gone through. So you know, if he's a head coach of a team that some people would say he's overachieved, I can I can talk myself into getting behind getting behind somebody like that and. You know, it's the it's the first coach. The last thing I want to do is is not be not be excited or not be thrilled about it, and not give him the benefit of the doubt when you know we're we're starting from scratch. Yeah, I can pretty easily talk myself into Rick Tockett uh, for for one reason is that the Arizona Coyotes, the way they run is like the ownership group that just they've they've gone through several ownership groups, and like the most recent one, there was an article in the Athletic not too long ago about them just trying to like cut corners and save costs and it doesn't sound like they're there to build a hockey team as much as just turn a profit turn a profit so i will say like he's probably not been put in the best position to succeed uh whereas in seattle he i would assume get everything he needs to succeed so we get to really see his see what he is as a head coach it's a valid point arizona if their name got pulled today, they were going to redraw. They weren't even – they didn't make the playoffs. So they weren't eligible, but they even stripped yeah. of their first-round pick. Uh, I don't even remember why. Uh, it was because their – God, it was their GM did something, right? Yeah, right. He was the young guy, right? Wasn't he the guy that was like yeah, his late and he 20s like left or mid-20s in the of his or 27 years old? And he, he yeah. did something, and oh, I can't remember. I need you to you, – you, you got to get on this one for us. Um, All right, give me one Anyway. Second. Anyway, yeah, like Rick talking to that that's a that's a very good point. It's like if he could if he can turn that into a manageable situation and they're a team that's competing, like, you know, give him give him something like this and who knows, maybe he could thrive and he could really excel. And so yeah, I can I could get behind Rick talking. An interesting thing, I think it was uh the Sound of Hockey guys, uh that you met, like John Barr and Andy Eat, I think they did uh they did an article linking kinda of, uh, Joel Quenville, uh because speaking of like franchises that franchises that suck no offense but like the panthers are a great team right now but the franchise itself is just like kind of you know they kind of suck so if you're joel quenville and you run three stanley cups in chicago and you also have a history with ron francis they were teammates in, like i think in the old whaler days i saw like that could be tempting to come somewhere you already have three stanley cups on your resume like you 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 know, you've been in Florida for a couple of years. I could see Joel Quenville if if that if that being very tempted into starting from scratch and being something new and fun to do. You know. Yeah, I'd be excited about Joel Quenville, man. That guy hell yeah, a hockey team. Hell yeah. He, <laughs> he brought the he brought the Panthers to the forefront this year. They went toe to toe with Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. who the defending Stanley Cup champions took them to. Uh, Man, yeah, and so I, there there was a report in the Seattle Times that said uh, don't rule out Joel Quinvo coaching the Kraken just yet. There's another yeah. one in the New York Post, so it sounds like it's all very much just rumors and things. But I mean, it come from somewhere, right? Yeah, I would be I would be super excited if if the reason Ron Francis keeps selling us quarter two, maybe he even says Q two, and maybe it's a clue. It's like a Pete Carroll clue. Oh, that's why he said quarter. He's trying to hint. Oh you. my Joel god! Quenville. If it's he all... hires Joel Quenville, we are we are running with that. We're we're the pieces are all falling into place, dude. And, just... and 
you know, Joel Quinville would be would get me super excited because he has the rare ability to be a guy that he just looks like an asshole and he can be so mad at people on the ice, but he like he's like beloved by everybody, you know. He's got yeah. like a kind of like Lou Pinella, you know, like Lou Pinella. <laughs> yeah. Like we love Lou because he's the only manager that can take the Mariners to the playoffs ever, and that's not a joke. That's not an exaggeration. That's a fact. Like, that's besides so, the point. <laughs> anyway. But like like Joel Quinville kind of has that uh, that ability to you know he's got the crazy eyes when he gets mad at the refs and stuff you know or when he's mad he's yelling at somebody mm-hmm. but he also seems to be a quality coach that you know it doesn't go you know the he, the, the players have nothing but good things to say about him that have played for him so and he I runs the uh, he runs the five forward power play and he runs the is, five forward power play which yeah. is a very analytics friendly thing and we're a very analytics friendly team so yeah you know he's not I. I I haven't heard his specific takes on it, but I assume he's not completely against it. I know Florida has a decent analytics department. So we'll have to get him, uh, we'll have to get him on the squid pod and ask him when he gets hired. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll shoot yeah. for that interview. Joey Q. What do you think about Corsi? Yeah, I am. Uh, I am. I am excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, I was excited to see that name. I think that's a, obviously, if that's a possibility, I would, you know, I, again, another hot that. take from another hot take from me. <laughs> I'd rather have the three time Stanley cup champ than, the, 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 the guy from Arizona, I know, crazy, but... Uh, wow, but either you'd rather way, have like, the number one ranked prospect than the number two? Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, I know. The the good news is Joel Quinville and Rick Tockett are definitely names I can get behind, you know? Um, so, so far, the two names, really, that mainly have been linked to the job, which is fun to finally have names linked to a job that we can actually talk about instead of just, like, taking random shots in the dark and guessing things. Uh mm-hmm. It's, it, 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 I, I like either of those names for, for the first yeah. coach. Hopefully we have one by the next time we record. Hopefully. If not, it'll have to be the one after that because the one after that is going to be about uh, it's going to be about Q3. <laughs> coach Q, yep. Coach Quinville 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach Q, up. quarter 2. Uh, the clues I, are I there. Like that. Yeah, the clues are there. there Rob Francis is hiring Joel Quinville. He was just waiting for Florida to lose, close out their <laughs> season, and officially go through the – yep, that's exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, playoff, let's, let's talk about the playoffs. We're on to the second round. We're a couple games in. Um, yeah. again, dude, we, we, we know what we're talking about. We picked a lot of the great playoff teams coming into the playoffs and then we both got six out of eight in the first round. Um, how about that? We were, I guess as dumb as everybody else in the media. So we fit right in cause we both picked Toronto. You at least had it going seven games. I had them in five. So you at least had, had Toronto going seven games. Um, and then I had the capitals cause I'm a homer. And I couldn't take Boston, even though I they are inevitable, like you like you, you said. And, <laughs> I uh, and who I did, was correct. Who did you have? Oh, you had uh, you had Edmonton, but I knew that Nate Thompson from the fourth line would lead my my Winnipeg Jets to. <laughs> I had it in six, but they did it faster. They swept the Edmonton Oilers right out of the they, playoffs. Oh man, I can't believe they swept the Oilers. You know, let's start there. Let's talk about that series. That was that was so unexpected. I mean, it was a lot of close games and sometimes that's just the way hockey goes. Sometimes. Yeah. Were there three overtime games? I think so. And you know, sometimes you flip a coin three times in a row and it comes up heads. Like it, you know, sometimes it happens. It happens. (laughs) (laughs) Sucks. Um, Yeah, man, that was, I feel bad for Connor McDavid, man. He's, he's too good to have never made it past. Yeah. You know, first round of the playoffs. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a great player. Mm. he's 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 the greatest like we talked about he's the greatest player like i think i've seen him i like like to me it was it was crosby was like our generation's like kind of like 
you know, guy like our LeBron or our, you know, whoever, the best at the sport. But, like, McDavid is, like, he's already passed him, I think, in my eyes. Yeah. 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 So, Winnipeg. Sad to see. Sweeping four. Natal's uh, moving on, honestly, though. That's... It, it, it makes sense that I... Like, I don't know what I was thinking, picking Toronto Ed- Edmonton, just two absolutely cursed franchises. Like, there's no way yeah. both of them are going to make it, and they both came up short. Yeah, I had, uh, I, I did, I did like Winnipeg, because I was just, I, I figured one of them would come up short, I didn't think they both would, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, you know, the Jets, I just know, they have Connor Hellebuck, they play good defense, um, and they have yeah. good, they have some good goal scorers, and they have, they have center, I, they have, they have depth at the center ice position, which, are just things that tend to translate to teams that can win in the playoffs. And sometimes it doesn't maybe show throughout the regular season, but they're just, they're just a tough team to beat four out of seven times. That's what it boils down to is like, they may not finish much over 500, but they don't have a lot of long losing streaks or long winning streaks. They're just, they're a tough team to beat every night and they're, they're built to last. So um, they did, they did then go lose the first game to Montreal who just can't be stopped right now. Montreal has won four in a row. They came back from a three, one deficit. You know, I think, Maybe a lot of us didn't count uh, Brendan Gallagher and Carey Price really how much, you know, that was hurting Montreal because they were definitely struggling to, to even clinch that last playoff spot. Um, it took them just a they, – they, they just kind of puttered to the finish line, but they, they've they turned it on. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the Habs look more like the Habs of the first three weeks of the season when we were ready to crown them the best team in the league. When they just kept um, beating and- Vancouver over and over again. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. which yeah. turns out wasn't that impressive but, but still you know, we're getting vintage carry price right now carry price is yes. looking every bit of the goalie that he has been in the past which is what they need so if they can get continue to get elite goaltending from him who knows how far that'll carry him uh yeah i, I at this point i can easily see them ca- that carrying them past winnipeg we'll see uh if that happens how they hold up against uh the toughest competition they've met all year who, yeah. who would they play next round? They would play the winner of Colorado Vegas. Cool. Okay. Well, <laughs> they might. They might. Yeah, they, it might stop after Winnipeg. You know, I saw. Did you see too that they were the first team? Montreal was the first team to win a playoff series with a player making ten million dollars or more a year. Like ever. First team in NHL history to to have a player that's making ten million dollars or more win a playoff series, and that, I mean it's Carey Price. That's that player. That's wild. It's wild, yeah. They're, they're huh. like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's not a lot of players that make ten million dollars a year. No, no, no. There's fair. a very small number, and like, but it just it's, it's, it's recently, interesting. But it's interesting yeah. how much you know, like, it eats into your cap and the depth that it takes on your the bottom of your lineup and how much you can. It's it's not basketball. It's 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 like you know you need you need more than like one player can only do so much. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, otherwise Connor McDavid would 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 make it farther every year. Like you know, if he was, if that if that were the case, if it was like you dressed, you know, two lines of forwards and played half played played you know two fifteen minute halves, then maybe it'd be a little different. But um, but that's not that's not how it works. Yeah, yeah I feel I feel bad for the guy, man. I feel bad for the kid. Um, Winnipeg it's Montreal. Sad is going to be an awesome series to watch. Like it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be an awesome series to watch to, to see what happens. I have Winnipeg beating Toronto. So I'm, I'm happy about that because I at least have a chance here to, to get, to to get this one right. 
I had Toronto beating Edmonton, so I'm yeah. So I, have, I at least I at least have a chance here. But uh, Winnipeg fell by his belt, had one zero. But last thing we'll talk about in this series before we move on that uh, did you see that the end of that Mark that, that, Shifley? that Shifley hit? Oh my Dude, god! What's he thinking awful. there? What's he thinking there? Oh, I don't know, man. So for if if you haven't seen it yet, at the very end of the game, Montreal's ahead. Were were they up by two? They were up by one at that. So they're up by right? one. It was four to three. Yeah, just under a minute left. Puck goes all the way down the ice. Uh, Jake Evans on the Canadians chases it all the way down, uh, grabs the puck behind the net, does a quick wrap around, puts it in to uh, put him up by two and basically seal the deal. And right after he puts it in, Mark Shifley comes skating down from the complete opposite end of the ice and just levels him up high. Mm-hmm. It sure looked like Jake Evans got knocked out before he hit the ice. Before he hit the ice. Tell. 100 yeah. percent he could not he could not protect himself when he landed um as of now i haven't seen any updates on him uh he did give up thumbs up as he was being carried off the ice so uh i saw he was alert good. at the hospital so i at least saw yeah. that you, but, you, uh, you kind of always hate when you even have to say that yeah it was scary man it was scary and shifley's like always like a, he's like a respected player he's like he he has no issues. He has no suspensions. I know. I know that. I don't know if he has fines. Yeah. I don't even. But he has no. But he doesn't have a history of stuff like this. But mm-hmm. you know, in that moment, you just you cannot make that play. Like so, like the puck got cleared down the ice. Um, Winnipeg got their goalie pulled. Everyone's going forward. So Jake Evans is way ahead of the bunch. He's going to be icing, but he's it's, he's way in front of everybody. So they wave it off. And as he's wrapping it around, like. Shifley and a couple of players, they're flying back as fast as they can because initially you're trying to do anything you can to get there to stop the wraparound, to stop him from scoring. Mm-hmm. But Shifley, you can almost see, he realizes he's not going to be able to stop him because, to your point, like he, he, he goes for the hit at the last second. Like He realizes he can't get there in time. He can't reach out. You know, he could dive headfirst into the post like an idiot and break his own neck. <laughs> um, yeah. But like even then, he's, he's too late. He can't make it. So he goes for the hit, but like when it, it, it's it's a normal play when someone goes for a wraparound in a game situation on a goalie and a defenseman who's just standing flat-footed in front of the net, he's ready to take one stride and hit that guy and just level him, right? And that's a good hockey play that you're going to see. And, like, I know that if I go for a wraparound, like, I'm expecting, I'm expecting, like, I hope I score because I know I'm, I, I I'm going to get hit when yeah. I do this, right? Like, you know, but... But when somebody's like got that much speed, it's just like the respect you have for your opponent. Yeah, that's what that's what charging's in the rule book for. Like I was talking to you, Dan, before we recorded. Like is like the underwritten rule. This is a written rule. Like you can't. That's charging. Like it's textbook charging. You can't come that fast and hard and go high at somebody because that that can be the result, a scary mm-hmm. result. And there's there's just no there's no defense saying you're like trying to to play defense or anything. Even it's the end of a game. You've, he, he literally has given up on trying to stop him from scoring. You can mm-hmm. see that in the replay. Like, he pulls his stick back to make the hit. He, the only thing he's trying to do is to hit the guy. And and he hits, and he's just got way too much speed to do it without seriously hurting him. So Yeah, man. But yeah, Mark Shifley's not known as... I've never thought of him as a dirty player. I've never don't know yeah. anybody who does. So it's yeah. a little surprising. And- um but yeah, it doesn't make it any less of a shitty play. No, it's a shitty play. It's a dumb play. Um, he's going to get suspended. I, I honestly think it'll probably be two games is my guess because the thing the thing that it looks really bad and the thing that 
the thing about hockey is it all happens so fast, right? Like in the moment, what, what, cause I can almost be in Shifley's head, right? Like you're coming full speed, you're losing a playoff game, you're frustrated, you know, you know, you're, 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 you're taking your frustrations out and you're not really, you're not really thinking the end result's going to be what it is. Like, I'm sure his intent isn't to knock Jake Evans out cold and like, you know, put him in the hospital, right? His intent is to throw a hard hit. His intent is to throw a hard open ice hit, right? Like, the guy's coming on a wraparound. I'm coming back. I'm going to miss. Ah, I'm just going to hit him because it's not, you know, he's scoring right now, right? But you have to, like, you have to be... When I say you have to be responsible in that moment, like, you have to understand how big, fast, and strong you are and how much momentum you have, how much speed you have, and that, you know, that person is leaning. They're tucking the puck in. Like, you're not two guys coming at each other. Because sometimes you see some crazy collisions with two guys that see each other coming. He's not, like, he's not that guy. He's, like, in a vulnerable position. So you can't just, you got to just know that you're going way too fast to do that. You got to know that. <laughs> like, way too fast to do that. There's, you got to pull up and, I don't know, grab him or, I don't know. You got to start slowing down as you hit him, you know. And you got to keep your stick on the ice to keep your shoulders low. And you got to get him in the, the body and... You can't just unload on him like that. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, I was gonna say I wanted to like you know I I understand where his head is and I understand that like 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 you know as bad as, as we're talking how much of a bad hit it was he's not a bad guy and it's no bad intentions and sometimes these things happen but it's a bad hit it's a bad hit and he deserves to get suspended and if he gets more than two games I will understand that also. What do you think about uh, about length of suspension? Uh, yeah, I mean, two games sounds about right. I, I I think he'll definitely be back this series because the NHL doesn't really suspend guys for long periods of time, especially unless if they're not repeat Unless offenders. your name's Nazem Kadri. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, we'll while jump, we're talking we'll about Canadian to, suspension. We'll to, yeah, we'll jump to that one next. But anyway, yeah, so we both think two games. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll move on from the Canadian division. So let's jump down to the West. So Colorado swept St. Yeah. Louis. I, the only one I had the length right. I got that. I, I really, my Stanley Cup champ so far yeah. is looking strong in Colorado. Um, Colorado swept St. Louis, and they lost to Nazem Kadri. Was it game two or game three? I think it was game three. I can't remember. It feels I don't know. so long, it feels so long ago already. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nazem Kadri just absolutely unloads on Justin Falk. Justin Falk's coming over the middle. Kadri has so many options. He has so many options. He's coming from the other side of the ice. Falk's taking a shot in the slot. Then he almost has to go out of his way to hit him like he did because the normal yeah. play would have been to just hit him shoulder to shoulder. But he goes out of his way. He comes up high. You know, I used to hate Nazem Kadri in Toronto, and I've turned into more of a Nazem Kadri fan as the years have gone on because I feel like he kind of got a bad rep as a young player that was a little emotional. But then he just does something like this, and it makes me so... It's just like you speaking of being responsible for your actions, like you just gotta you can't do that to your opponent. You can't yeah. hit him in the chin like that with your shoulder. You can't go out of your way to like hit a guy in the head. Yeah. So, so he got eight he got, games. He got eight games. He's like the it's like his fifth or sixth career suspension, his third in the playoffs. You know, his third consecutive trip to the playoffs or three out of his last four trips to the playoffs, he's done something like this and gotten a long suspension because he just can't help himself. So he appealed it, got denied. Still eight games. So, and the way Colorado's been playing, that's like two full series. No kidding, he's not going to be back till, till the Stanley Cup Finals at this rate. Right? Colorado, they just won tonight. Uh, so they're, they're now up two games to nothing on Vegas. 
Yeah, Colorado. Second, arguably the second best team in the league by point percentage. They are. Yeah, they uh, they're they're going strong. They're six and zero so far. Yeah, and I'm good. I I honestly thought they'd lose tonight. I thought Vegas would come back after the beating they took in game one, and they'd get Mark Andre Fleury in net, and they'd say, "All right, let's you know make a series out of this." And they almost did. It went to overtime. It was a much closer game tonight, so mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't go ahead and. And, and write down that this is going to be another sweep, but they're up to nothing. So, <laughs> and Colorado still looks incredible. I, for one, cannot wait to see who we get in the expansion draft from Colorado because whoever it is, they're going to be a really good player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have too many good players. There's so many good players on Colorado. There's so many good players. Like if they, they have too many good forwards, so they have to only be able to protect three defensemen. And that seems to be, mm. we're going to get a top two defenseman. We're going to get one of our top pairing defensemen from that team most likely. Um, yeah, Colorado is, is you know, they're a wagon. That's, I should probably say that. That should be a Squidward sometime. But that's what the Turban Hockey, they are just a wagon. They are unstoppable. They just, there's no way to stop them. They Right now, they just seem like the best team in the league. And even tonight, to Vegas's credit, to your point, like Vegas, the game was back and forth game. And then Vegas in the third period, it was 2-2 two to two going into the third. And Vegas dominated the third, all 20 minutes. They absolutely yeah. dominated, and they hit the post twice, like in the first like ninety seconds, and then Philip Grubauer just took over. Uh, he he kept his team in the game and got them to overtime, and then overtime, a couple chances each, and boom, Colorado gets power play and scores. So that was a it was a great game, and Vegas did show that it's not going to be an easy series, and I don't expect Vegas to. I, I fully expect Vegas to win the next game, and I you know could even see them winning the next two. So I still expect this to go back to, home to go to go six to six and maybe even seven. But um, that'll be a fun series to watch because Vegas also in game one just kind of couldn't keep up because they had a long they had a long battle with Minnesota. Give Minnesota wild credit. Yeah. Vegas was up three to one and Minnesota came back strong. Uh, Minnesota won game one, lost three in a row, was on the ropes and then won two in a row to, to force a game seven. So all credit in the world to the Minnesota wild as well in that first round series. Mm-hmm. All right, I, I mentioned this to you once before, but while we're talking about how good Colorado is, yes, which team is better, the 2021 Colorado Avalanche or the 2001 Colorado Avalanche? Give me some the names. 2001, the 2001 Sackett, Avalanche. Peter Forsberg, Ray Bork. Yep. Milan Hayduk, Alex Tangay, Chris Drury, Ray Bork, uh, Rob Blake. I mean... You'll have to uh, ask and me. Pa- and Patrick Waugh. And Patrick Waugh on net. So I'm a big believer. You'll have to ask me after the Cup Finals because I you can't you can't say a team's better until they win, right? Like you can't you just can't. So right now it's 2001 Avalanche, and it will be until the Cup Finals. If this team wins the Cup Finals, I might have to revisit my answer because you know that could change things. They might be on that level, but I mean, come on! If you don't win the Stanley Cup, then you can't say they're better than that team, can you? I mean. The the Tampa Bay Lightning when they got swept by the Blue Jackets a couple of years ago, I, they were the best team in the league, and they didn't make well, it past yeah. the first round. So well, yeah, but would you but say they were can. better than? So would you say that team was better than the Tampa Bay Lightning last year? Well, I I don't know, maybe. I wouldn't because Tampa Bay Lightning last year won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I would say they could be. <laughs> oh, get out of here now! Yeah, now you're just you're just you're just getting crazy. You're no, just getting I mean, crazy. Look, I'm sorry that like I thought the 82 game stretch was more impressive than the four game stretch like laps. 
I mean, yeah, but this, this the playoffs mean something. The best team is they the do. team that wins they the do. Stanley Cup. That's the best. The team. best team is not always the team that wins the Stanley Cup. Sometimes. So what do you? Well, they're they're the champions. That's what's important. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and that's all that anybody's going to care about. And that's all that anybody's going to care about. You. Okay. You well, if Colorado thinking, wins, I'm going to ask you this question again. You get you get you get into me. You ask me. You ask me again when Colorado <laughs> wins, because right now it's 20, 2001 Avalanche, but uh, but this team might be on that level. They are they are that good. Uh, Right. So Colorado and Vegas are meeting. Uh, it's 2 nothing Colorado, but keep your eyes on that one. Vegas is yeah. not going to go down without a fight. Um, but I definitely yeah. still don't want Ve- – we don't want Vegas to win because we haven't even joined the league yet. We want to beat Vegas. Yeah. We want to beat Vegas to that Stanley uh, Cup. Yeah, we want to be be- beat Vegas. Yeah. So okay. so I have Colorado and Winnipeg. You have Colorado and Boston, which can no longer happen because, interestingly enough, because it's in division – in, according to the regular season standings in this round of the playoffs, we have the one versus two meeting in Colorado and Vegas, and the seven versus eight meeting in Montreal and Winnipeg. So the top two and the bottom two seeds this round are playing each other. So the winner of those series will meet. And out east, we have the third and the fourth seeds, and the and the uh, the fifth and the sixth seeds playing each other. So um, out east, we have Boston and the Islanders. Boston took mm-hmm. down Washington in five games. My Capitals. That was just uh, just no fun to watch, really, for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, I actually, I, I thought the Capitals were better than that. I thought that would be, you know, a hard fought. I've I said it would go seven. They laid an egg. Uh, they... Boston's a team. Boston's a team that got hot at the right time, right? Yeah. The team no one wants to meet in yeah. the playoffs. They traded for Taylor Hall, and suddenly they could score uh, way more goals, and they just. They really they they hit their stride at exactly the right time and they look as dangerous as anybody right now. Yeah, Washington for the first time I felt uh, I felt like they looked old. Yeah, yeah, definitely. First time like they just looked They're like looking their they, age. They just looked like they couldn't keep up and like the the physical toll just like it was taking on them all the scrums, all the dirty playoff stuff, like the dirty you know I mean just all the playoff hockey. It just looked like you know. It's, and, like, that's always been their game. They're the physical team. They're the aggressor. Mm-hmm. Like, they're the big, strong ones that push you around. Like, that's what everyone will tell you about the year they won the Stanley Cup. Like, that was their thing. Is like, they weren't a fast team like the league has moved towards. They were a big physical team, you know? Um, that's why TJ fits in so well there. Like, he yeah. he's not a fast guy. He's, like, 5'10", but he's 200 pounds, and he's strong, and he knows how to throw his body around, and that's what they that's how they play there. So this year, I felt like it was the first year I looked at him, and I thought it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, speaking of fun expansion draft speculation, TJ, in his interview press conference, made it very clear he wants to finish his career in Washington, and I don't blame him. Like, I don't blame him at all for that. Uh, he wants to stay up there. His family settled in there. He's got kids now that are starting to go to school. So I don't blame him at all for that. It's not, it's not up to him. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, not, it's not his choice. But uh, but I don't blame him for that. So um, he said he did. He did say though that he expects to be you know protected and he expects to stay in Washington. So I thought that was interesting to kind of hear him mm-hmm. sort of come forward and be like, no, 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 no. You guys are all the ones talking about Seattle uh-huh. and like. Someone even asked him about the the possibility of being the first captain, and he was like, "I I, I don't care. I want to finish finish here with my with my friends." He said, "Yeah, I totally respect that too." Um, and yeah. honestly, from everything I've seen in Washington, uh, God, it sounds like they just love him there. And and he's not even the problem. He he's still producing. Older cap hit, like he's still producing. So you still look at his how many years he's got left and how much he's being paid, and you're like, man, you know. 
he's probably going to be overpaid and underperforming in a couple of years. But right now he's not, and he means enough to that locker room that, yeah, yeah I think he, I, I've changed. I think he's going to be protected. I, I agree. I've come full circle, and I, I'm down yeah. to like five percent chance we get TJ Oshie. I think we should all Washington. just try and try and accept it now that he I will think be on the protected list. I, I I don't think this is going to happen, but I think it's more likely we get Evgeny Kuznetsov than TJ Oshie. Whew, more likely. Okay, more likely. Evgeny Kuznetsov. I mean, sign me up first of all. <laughs> sign me up. Yeah, that's a first line center right there. <laughs> but there was, I saw one of those blogs, I think it was the, the Russian Machine No Break blog that yeah. follows the Caps. They, they they did an article that just like about Kuznetsov being asked about Seattle and the possibility and him saying he expects to be there. And it just I thought it was interesting enough that somebody even thought it was like in a question to ask because if Evgeny Kuznetsov could in theory be looked at as their best, potentially could be their best player. I think he has the most elite high-end potential. I don't know how interested he is, honestly. In, in in being that good because it seems to come very he sort of has the Felix Hernandez syndrome where he's just kind of shows up and is that good but yeah there's he, he's had some weird absences in his history at Washington he you know they won the Stanley Cup there's a picture of him with some white powder on the counter he got suspended a few games uh he, he got yeah. on the COVID list twice this year like there's COVID twice in a shortened season there's there's like there's so many things where he just and there's there's also times where his stats just don't seem to match like what I see with my eyes. Like I see him out there just like carrying the puck and dominating, but he goes through stretches sometimes where he just doesn't seem to be producing. So he's a very interesting player where if you're Washington and maybe your original plan was you know, we're going to send TJ home to Seattle and then things things can change very fast. So, you know, I wouldn't rule Evgeny Kuznetsov out. And again, I'm the guy taking, you know, Owen Power and trading for Jack Eichel and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But, uh, but I, I think, uh, I think TJ staying put, but it'll be interesting to see what happens in Washington. Um, especially since they added Anthony Mantha, somebody else to protect. Uh, yeah, they seem like a prime team to take a quality forward from. Yeah. They've got a, a lot of guys with high cap hits. Uh, Kuznetsov is making 7.8 million per year. For the next uh, four years, yeah. So it, it, they seem like a prime cap dump uh, sort of team in the exactly. expansion draft. Exactly. So, and I mean, I, I could see you know them giving Ron Francis a call and saying, "Hey, so who? Wh- what do you think about uh, this? Would you? You know, I, I feel like we'd have to give something up for them to leave Kuznetsov." See, it's interesting because I could almost see, yeah, like if I'm Washington, you almost. You almost want like to start a conversation, but you want to know what we would want, you know? It's, yeah. It's almost like, yeah, it's it, yeah. It. I almost feel like Washington isn't really sure of their direction right now because it's yeah. hard to assess. They also have, you know, like I like again. I personally think Tom Wilson is obviously a huge part of their future plans because they always stand up for him. But at the same time, like the front office. You know, somebody could get sick of Tom Wilson and they could, you know, do something with him too. So at a certain point, like, big trades can be made. Um, you know, this is an offseason for the Capitals. They've lost three three years in a row in the first round after winning the Stanley Cup. They haven't won a playoff series since. So this is one of those offseasons where you could almost see a couple major players changing teams. You know, it, it, does, it does happen. It's how TJ ended up in Washington. They had had a, like, 
couple first-round exits in a row. They blew a 3-1 series lead to the Rangers that one year, and they made a bunch of huge trades, and St. Louis was in the same position. St. Louis kept losing to the Blackhawks over and over again while they were winning all those Stanley Cups, and guess what happened? The Capitals and Blues a couple years later won the Stanley Cups in back-to-back years, so sometimes, like, you know, it just takes, you know, making some 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 major adjustments to the roster, so it'll be interesting to see what the Capitals do and how that affects the Kraken and where we go with from there, but Boston's moving on. They're playing Matt Barzell and the Islanders, who we both picked to take down the Penguins. They took them down in six. Yep. Uh, analytics might say Pittsburgh outplayed the Islanders in that series, but Tristan uh, yeah, Jari was a mess. Tristan Jari was he had a rough series, man. The goalie for the Penguins was he was brutal. Yeah, the Penguins went from Mark Andre Fleury, who's a Vezina finalist this year, with for the Vegas, first time. The best goaltender of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say for the first time? For the first time in his career. Really? And crazy, right? That's insane. Okay. 17 seasons, first time. He's very deserving. I could see him winning it this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. He used to be on the Penguins. They let him go because they had Matt Murray, who played his best year ever in 2017, and then kind of stuck it up since. Yeah. And then they were like, ah, oh, Tristan Jari will, will save us. And now they're just in goaltending purgatory, man. Yep. Never trust a rookie goalie. Mm-mm. So they Even got St. rolled Louis. by the Islanders. What? St. Louis, like Jordan Bennington, he they won the Stanley Cup with him. He signed him to a big contract. Like you need, yeah, yeah, you need a little more. Impossible, like, man. Like Spencer and I, I still wouldn't be sold on him if I were Florida from just a couple games. You know? Nah, I'd be pretty but excited it, about it though. But yeah, yeah, for sure. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah, Tristan Jari, he was, he was not good. Yeah, we're spending more time talking about the losing teams in this. In this division, <laughs> yeah, well, you know they were there. Uh, the island, so so the Islanders. We got, we got Matt. We got we got Matt Barzell on the Islanders, and he didn't really do. He didn't really. I don't know. He didn't really stand out too much. He had he, no, he, he hasn't didn't done score. Much. He hasn't done much. He has some assists. He he he. I think they're going to need him to to really get going if they want to if they want to beat this Boston team because they 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 found a way to split. They're one one, but yeah, it just when I watch it just feels like Boston's a better team. I mean, so I saw a tweet the other day that said, uh, how is this game only one to nothing? The New York Islanders story. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's, that, that's about right. The Islanders, you watch that's, an Islanders game and you're just like, they nothing about them in general, um, except when Matt Bar- Barzell does something crazy. Yeah. Um, aside from that, nothing about them really stands out as like, oh man, this team's really freaking good. But yet they're always in every game, like they split this they split the first two with boston you know so yeah um two can't goalies. count them out i don't think they come back from this one but uh <laughs> they could win this in seven in a bunch of one goal games and i'd be like yeah yeah that's <laughs> barry trots for so. you <laughs> i have them moving on but uh i am not very confident in that right now but i i hope they pull it off they have two good goalies they have they play good defense and yeah, honestly that true. gives you a chance every night to me it's kind of like i said with winnipeg like you, you know they mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you just they're just hard to beat four out of seven times because they're just, you know, they're just a tough out every night. So. Okay, real quick, why you mentioned that. Connor Hellebuck got absolutely snubbed not getting a finalist for the Vezina, in my opinion. He should have gotten it over Grubauer, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Flurry and um, who's the other one? Uh, Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. Yeah, absolutely deserving. But like, I like, I like Philip Grubauer for Colorado. I but... like it too. 
But Hellebuch. Hellebuch. Hellebuch's, be- Hellebuch's better than Grubauer. I'm with you there. That should have been Hellebuch's spot over Grubauer because Grubauer's okay. not going to win. It's going to be Flurry or Vasilevsky. I hope it's Flurry for just, you know. Me too. Everybody yeah. else is Flurry. Vasilevsky's already won, he, I think. This is, he did. He won one more. <laughs> yeah. Flurry's just, Flurry's really likable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's easy to root for. So last division, the Discover Central. Uh, we had the Florida Tampa Bay series, which lived up to the billing. It was freaking awesome. Great. <laughs> they hate each other. It was obvious every night after every whistle. It was a great series. Uh, Tampa Bay won it in six. Um, they just, you know, they added Nikita Kucherov. He blended in seamlessly. Steven Stamkos had been out yeah. for a month with an injury. He fit right back in, and they just went back to referring back to the term wagon. They just went right back to being, you know, arguably the best team in the NHL, and if they end up being on a collision course with Colorado, so be it. That would be an awesome finals to see. But right now, mm-hmm. they are they are looking like a force, too, because Carolina, after a good start, Nashville just started giving them trouble. Um, overtime every night. Uh, long, hard-fought series. Carolina came away winning in six, but they've lost the first two to Tampa Bay, and they've uh, they've lost their goal-scoring touch because, speaking of as a finalist, Andre Vasilevsky is in the way, and they just they can't figure him out yet. They scored one goal in each of the first two games. Yeah, man, it's it's not looking good for Carolina right now. They lost the first two at home too, so now they have to go back to Tampa, yeah. down two games to none. Yeah, uh, it's not a great situation for for my Hurricanes that I that I predicted to win the Stanley Cup. I um, got them getting to the finals myself. I uh, I, I was with you, and they they yeah. still hey hey they still can. Oh yeah, they still they definitely still can, but I. Starting to think that we really did underestimate this Tampa Bay Lightning team that added Nikita Kucherov back. Yeah, well, it's hard. Teams just don't win back to back. It's just hard to do. I know. It's true. Yeah. Last year was a unique year for sure, but you know, it, and this year was as well. But it's just hard to do it, you know, with playing that many games, wear and tear on the body. Mm-hmm. But maybe we underestimate the fact of Stamkos and Kucherov with missing time with an injury. You're also just rehabbing, so when you do get back, you know. You're feeling pretty damn good, probably a lot better than everybody yeah. else around you that's played a full season or at least, you know, 50-whatever games. Um, it's it's Tampa Bay is looking looking really good right now. They're up 2-0 on Carolina, um, so that's where that series is at. Islanders and Boston are 1-1 heading back to Long Island. Montreal's up 1-0 on Winnipeg, and Colorado is up 2-0 on Vegas heading to Las Vegas. So that's where we stand as of the recording of this podcast. Perfect. Um, covered it. We covered it. It's uh, It's been exciting. Uh, well, I guess next time we'll be back, we'll be on to the semifinals. So we'll talk about that when we get there. A couple of things just want to touch on real quick. Yeah. The Tavares injury, that was terrible. I hope he's doing all right. He seems oh. to be doing better. He's been skating. It seems like he's okay. It's that was good a to scary situation. Yeah. Uh, I didn't understand the beef everyone had with the Perry and Felino fight. I thought it was totally fine. Uh, right, when every, right when the play came back, there was a scary play with John Tavares for this didn't see. He got checked as he fell. Corey Perry was skating by, and he just kneed him in the side of the head. He was trying to get out of the way. It just it happened so fast. He was trying to jump over him, knocked him out cold. Tavares couldn't get up. He was bleeding everywhere. The trainer got out there, and Tavares was trying to get up, and it was like a, it was an ugly situation. Right when they came back after a long break, uh, Nick Foligno, tough guy on Toronto, dropped the gloves with Corey Perry on the ensuing faceoff, and and then they moved on and they played hockey. A bunch of people online seem to have a big problem with this, and I was just sort of confused about it because it wasn't necessarily that it was a dirty play. It was probably really hard in that moment for those guys to get back to amped up to this is a playoff hockey game. 
Like, that was yeah. my take on it as a hockey player. Is like, how am I supposed to go back after watching my captain bleeding out of the side of his head trying to get up and, like, falling over backwards? How am I supposed to go back and, like, play hockey right now? You need something to sort of remind you of where you're at. And the big thing to me was Montreal, as the visiting team, puts their line out first. They mm-hmm. put Corey Perry on the ice. He's not on their first line. There was a long break. Like, there's... They put Corey Perry on the ice for a reason. He was there to answer the bell. He was there to, or if they wanted it, he was there to be there. And if they didn't want it, he probably would have just taken a 30-second shift, got off the ice, and would have moved on anyway. But to me, it was no big deal. It was just like a, you know, he's a tough guy. He can handle himself. They fought. They moved on. Nobody did anything to Corey Perry throughout the series, and it was over. Um, did you have a problem with the fight? I mean, when I watched it, I was like, oh, man, this is this is. Dumb. I'm not in the mood Corey to see Perry, a fight. I don't. I don't want to see a fight. Like Corey Perry didn't need. Like I. I don't like Corey Perry, the hockey player. I really don't. But I watched Who replay. Does? I'm like, oh well, he didn't. He didn't need John Tavares in the head on purpose. That's just right. like a freak play that really right. is. It's really unfortunate. And then you know that Nick Foligno challenged him to fight. And I'm like, well, you don't. Why? Uh, but then I went back to when we talked about the the Tom Wilson New York Rangers thing, mm-hmm. and you mentioned how at the end of that game where he like throws Artemi Panarin around, how nobody did anything the rest of the game. And then it built up for like a day or two. And then they play again. Everybody the talks about it. Two days later, everybody talks about it. And then it just all hell breaks loose. And I thought, yeah. well, you know, if nothing happened and then you find one replay angle the next day where it looks like he could have done, Corey Perry could have gotten out of the way, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's talking about it. And then the next game, everybody's just angry about it again. And you're over that. You're past yeah. it already. You're like, okay, yeah. we fought him. It's over. Exactly. So and from yeah. that, in that respect, I, I, I get it. Um, I don't know. I think just in general, players policing themselves should happen less often. Yeah. That's my I can thing. understand that. I can yeah. understand that. So you want fighting out of hockey or that guy? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, if fighting wasn't in hockey, I would be fine with it. Oh, God. We'll get there another day. Um, We'll get there another day. I, I, <laughs> no, I, I won't advocate for it yet, but yeah, I'd be fine with it. No, yeah, I, uh, I, I think I will say it was one of the rare times I was watching a game, and like a fight's always exciting. Everyone like kind of gets on the edge of their yeah. seat. They get excited. It was like one of the rare times where like I was not like I am. I was like I'm not in the mood to see a fight right now. Like that is for yeah. sure my first thought. Like I agree, it was for sure mm-hmm. my first thought. I was like ugh, but then I was but but like I was like also like. I don't know. I've learned from from Twitter that I guess 34. Now I've reached the old school point. I'm old school now <laughs> mentality. I'm like an old timer because I was like, well, like my first thought was like, ugh, but it, but it's got to happen. Like that was like my like my first thought. <laughs> like it's just how I thought about it. And the way Perry did it, he just like grabbed on and put his head down and almost like took it like a child that like picks out his own belts because he keeps getting in trouble all the time. Like that's how it looked like. He didn't take any big punches. And Felino didn't even look like he was trying to throw any big punches. It was just more yeah. about, like, the principle of the thing. And also, sometimes, like, a play like that happens so fast. Those players aren't watching all the replays. They're just seeing Tavares on the ice. Like, there could like you don't know how the players on Toronto, what they've seen and what they haven't. And it only takes one player on Toronto, like, one player that's, like, big and strong like Jake Muzzin to maybe think that it was intentional and just do something so terrible to Corey Perry that the story becomes way worse. So none of that has to happen. So... I, I was okay with that. Um, last one we'll touch on before we move on. Did you see that Ryan, Ryan Reeves gets suspended for two games for, for roughing? Dude. Kneeing, whatever you want to call it. 
unsportsmanlike should, conduct, I, mean, I guess. He should have got suspended for the game seven against the Wild when he pushed. Uh, I don't remember who it was into the Ryan post. Sutter. Yeah, yeah that Ryan was Sutter, brutal. like face first into the post. Yeah. But then he comes back in this game and just I so when I watched, I hadn't seen the Ryan Graves hit on. Uh, I don't remember who it was that earlier was in the game. Hit. Which was a big was hit. But I think it was clean. I thought it, it was, was pretty clean. Uh, but apparently Ryan Reeves still took exception to it because when they were getting just the crap beat out of them by Colorado at the end of the game, there's a whistle. There's nothing going on in front of the net. There's no pushing <laughs> and shoving. And he just, he punches Graves and then he grabs him like around the head and just like rips him backwards onto the ground and then just like kneels on his head for a minute. It's... Mm-hmm. It was absurd. Yeah. It was he Yeah. It was dumb. He literally he he like cross checked the goalie. He cross checked Grubauer in the back of the head to I start. I forgot it. he cross checked the goalie. <laughs> and then like he he did that to basically bring the crowd in and even Colorado when he did that like they they did they weren't interested. They were up by so much uh-huh. and they saw like Grubauer's fine and they just and he just like took it upon himself to Yeah, man. He just and, and Ryan Reeves, I I honestly don't think that bad of Ryan Reeves. Um, he's a guy I, I love to hate. Like, I can't wait to, for to go against him because, like, he's a fun guy to, like, to root against, but not, like, uh, maliciously. Like, I don't know. He, he's very good at his job. He's a tough guy. He's one of the best fighters in the league. Everyone looks at him like that. So no one no one can really shut him up, and he knows it, and he's cocky about it, and he's confident about it, and I, 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 I love it. Um, so yeah. I... I definitely uh, am like a Ryan Reeves fan, like as as like a, as a hater, you know, but like a hater, like a, like a respectful hater, you know. So I was disappointed to see it, like like that. I understand that he's trying to to get him to drop the gloves, or he's trying to get at him in that moment. I understand that, but like, you know, sometimes dumb. players are going to be smart and they're just not going to do it. And you know, you can only try so much before you have to give up and get to the next whistle and try again. Like there's ten minutes left in the yeah. game, just. You know, try again, and by the end of the game, you might get Ryan Graves mad enough to drop the gloves with you, you know, but I just didn't like how he just wouldn't let up, and, like, when I saw, like, the replays, and he's kneeing on his face, and he's on the ground, I'm just like, come on, man, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, I don't I don't think any less of Ryan Reeves for it. Like, it's a playoff game, and they're getting blown out, and he's frustrated, and I just was like, ah, what are you doing? He'll be, he'll be all right, though. <laughs> he'll be all right. All right. Well, this seems like a good time to actually transition to a, a new little bit here. Yeah. We talk about hockey's unwritten rules. I love this. So I had this idea. I was watching the playoffs and something happened and I, I started jotting a couple down so we could talk about one one an episode. I want to cover for the people because when the Kraken get here, you'll see something's happened. And sometimes you might be at a game and you might think nothing happens. And then all of a sudden the players are fighting. Everyone on the ice is mad at each other. But there's probably a reason for it. So... First one I wanted to bring up. So if you're at a basketball game and someone gets fouled, it's very common. You see the guy take a th- take a shot anyway. He goes up and he dunks it. He lays it in. He shoots the three. It's whatever. They're all casual about it. It's no big deal. It's basketball. Everyone's having a good time. In hockey, <laughs> if you are to shoot the puck after the whistle, that is not against any written rules that I'm aware of. There might be some things written down about it, but it's definitely an unwritten rule. It's just something you just do not do. If you shoot the puck after the whistle, you can expect for people to come at you. And, I mean, 
even in the NHL 21 video game, have you ever, you know what happens if you shoot the puck and turn off sides? You yeah, automatically, like fight automatically. You're in a fight no matter what. You don't have a choice, no matter who the player is. Like you're, you're So in this a fight. rule is, is written down in the code of NHL 21 for whatever that's worth. Exactly. So I guess it is written down somewhere. Uh, but uh, it's, it's one of those things you just don't do. It's a weird thing in hockey, but like I've had it, 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 I mean, like it's an instinct that doesn't go away. I in beer league, like just a couple years ago, I still remember, like a guy did it. Like someone lost the ref bluffed sides and he was mad. And he's like, oh, and then he just like shot the puck, and our goalie got so mad and he's screaming. And like my instinct, I like literally went over to him like across the ice, and it was like, I, like I was so far away. By the time I got there, everyone like nobody did anything. I'm like the first one there, but it's been like five seconds. I like grabbed him by the chest and like shook him, and I was like, what the are you doing? And he's like, dude, what are you talking? I'm like, you shot the puck after the whistle. He's like, it's beer league. Settle down. And I was like, I was like, respect the fucking game. And like, again, again, like, apparently I'm an old timer, but like, it got, like, my blood was boiling. I was so mad that this guy shot the puck and my goalie was mad. And like, it's, it's one of those things, like we play a non-contact, like beer league hockey game and you just, you don't shoot the puck after the whistle. So. There you go. Now Unri we know. Unwritten rule for the week, Dan. What are your thoughts on this unwritten rule? I've uh, I've I've brought I've I've brought up. Uh, in general, I'm not uh, a, f a big fan of unwritten rules. I think if they were important, they'd be written. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. For I've watched hockey long enough that yeah, I I agree. You don't shoot the puck after the whistle. I don't know. <laughs> I can't really explain it. But this one, this one, I'm gonna have to go ahead and defer to you and say, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> well, you're. I think you're in the clear because you're the analytics guy and you pointed out it's written down in the code of NHL 21. So there even if go. it's not in the rule book, and honestly, <laughs> I think there's got to be something in the rule book about shooting a puck intentionally I, late because I I've seen guys get 10 minute a, misconduct. I believe there's like a delay of game or something. If there's like a delay of game or a 10 minute yeah. misconduct you can get if it's like. You know, normally what you'll see the scrum for is it's like after and offsides, and especially now the crowds are first coming back, which, by the way, it's freaking awesome to see fans in the stands and crowds it's going great. nuts at these games. It's great to see. It adds such a great element. It's been awesome to see. Um, but I think, like, sometimes there's, like, things that happen, so, you know, the rest don't always throw a penalty because usually it's not malicious. But, like, I saw Petrangelo do it to the Wild, and Dumba came flying after him. Um it happened against in Carolina, uh, Tampa Bay the other night. It was a two on one, and the crowd was getting excited. And the guy shot the puck because he didn't hear the whistle, and like everybody went after him. So, you know, it happens. You'll see it. Um, but we'll we'll try to cover an unwritten rule a week and fight about it because I know Dan's gonna he'll agree with me this week. But for the most part, I don't think he's gonna agree with me on most of these things. No, yeah, you're gonna get off easy this week. <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's move to the last bad movie. The last, yes. All right. You know, we've watched Slapshot 1, we've watched Slapshot 2, so let's finish out the trilogy. And let's there talk about Slapshot 3. For those that didn't know. Uh, what is it? The Junior League. Yes. And that's sixth straight for the Chiefs, who sent their ninth straight opponent to the emergency room on route to a championship showdown with their cross-river rivals, the hated Ice Hounds. I once got a nickel stuck up my nose. Yes, I remember that quite distinctly. Yes. So this was a direct-to-video 2008 sequel to Slapshot 2. Uh, no no more Baldwin brothers in this one. Nope. Hansons are still the, around, though. The Hansons are the only returning characters. They are old and retired. Uh, they're really, like, zen and into non-violence at the start of this one. Yep. Which, thankfully, doesn't last because nobody wants to see that. Yep. Um, the whole plot is honestly just really confusing. There's 
a house full of orphaned boys who play hockey and there's an evil real estate lady who's i don't know bribing the mayor played by leslie nielsen <laughs> uh, to like mr naked whole, gun himself tur- yeah turn the whole town into a s- strip mall <laughs> something like that that's about right tear the, the yeah. ice rink's gonna come down and there's gonna be a golf club and a strip it's, mall and something yeah like that. and then somehow there's a hockey tournament with a junior hockey tournament where they can save their town yeah i was confused about how that works but um i don't fully understand it and they were all orphans for some reason living in an orphan house run by yeah. nobody run by nobody but the oldest kid on the team uh-huh um and then the hansons grew up there so all of a sudden they get a backstory that they're from there um right i was pretty sure the hansons got traded from somewhere else in the first one yeah like you know from... i think there's was... the, there's some revisionist history there's in some this continuity one. errors for sure let's, <laughs> let's put it that way but uh the Slapshot so, Cinematic Universe has some holes. So the, the, the biggest problem I had was in their first game because the Hansons are all Zen now. They're nonviolent, so they're just going to go play hockey. But they don't give them jerseys. They give them damn like dojo robes with logos on them and names <laughs> and numbers on the back. And they literally have robes that go around their pads. Oh, man. Those robes look so bad in that first game. So it was just game I'm glad one. it only lasts one game. Those they were the Zen Invaders. And it was they a one-game They look pretty game. comfortable, though. Yeah. But then, uh, then the then the Hansons get back on track to to to, to old time hockey, and they, they get back to being violent. They turn to the Chiefs again, and then at the end they play clean hockey and win. Yada yada yada. The movie sucks. We're we're running so late <laughs> Don't on this. Watch it. <laughs> it's it's awful. Here's here's what you need to know. There's a couple key players here. Um, there is there's 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 a couple goalies. There's the the the, the kid from Arkansas who does a French accent because he pretends to be French Canadian. <laughs> Uh, on the Henri, Henri, uh, not Henry, Henri, and then Henry. there's, and then there's Kane Frazier who looks straight out of an emo band from the two early early two thousands. He's got Am a real right? punchable face. Yeah, oh yeah, he just got a real punchable look like, about I'm him. Pretty sure he's the lead singer of Panic at the Disco. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> he's the captain. He's the goalie. Uh, he's just all of the, the bad so, guys of the bad guys. So there's there's the Ice Hounds. So there's uh there's but, there's your two. But he's really good. Really good. He is he hadn't let in a goal all year, right? Isn't that what they said? Yeah, that's what they said. He didn't let so, a goal in all year. <laughs> I mean, it's he's he's starting caliber. It's tempting in the movie universe. <laughs> now that said, it's junior league, so you don't know how that's going to translate to our fictional game. Um, sure. Then there's then there's uh, the main character Riley Haskell, captain of the Chiefs, leader of the orphans. He's they they keep I don't know is is that I, a is are we is that like a dirt I don't know it made me feel uncomfortable the way they talk about it in the movie I'm not gonna lie like the way they all it were does. it was yeah. such a pivotal plot point it made me really uncomfortable because it was like there was no like I don't know it was weird anyway Riley Haskell's the captain he's a quality player he's a leader um he doesn't always you know he does whatever it takes to win even if it, you know it means cutting some corners Alex Goral is a very intriguing player because he is played by Tyler Johnston some of you might know him as Spirit. Stuart. Uh, Stuart from Letterkenny. Uh, I recognized him, so a younger version of him from 2008. That was really funny to see. Uh, him yep. be just a normal kid instead of, you know, a skid in Letterkenny. Skid. Yeah, so Alex Coral, but he is their, their best forward from what they make it seem like. He's their, like, best offensive yeah. forward. Uh, so Alex Coral is an option. And then there's Shane Baker, a girl that they don't let on the team for some reason until the very end, and she scores the winning goal because she is really good. 
and better mm-hmm. than it seems like pretty much all the guys on the team are at least as good as the best ones. So those are the best options. The yep. Hansons also each have a one son. <laughs> one kid from each Hanson. So there's three new Hansons in this so one. There's three new Hansons. Don't what remember are the, their names. Is it, is it Don't Dick, even Gordy, and, and Toe? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Dick, Gordy, and Toe. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so there is three Hansons if you do want to just pick a random Hanson and go that route. I've broken them all down. Dan, it is your choice first. Who I got are you first taking, pick this week. Who are you taking from Slapshot 3, the Junior League? Oh, do I have to? We put no, it on the no, list and we watched a, it. We, this is, we, this is okay. we watched it. This is okay. <laughs> so thank you for breaking all those down. Uh, I, As we've talked about before, I do probably need a new goalie, as I've just got Marco Belchor from, from Goon. But, man, that dude just has way too punchable of a face. I can't have him on my team. Dude, the ice hounds. I don't so care. You're gonna if take Henry the goal all year. So you take Henry? No, I'm not. No, I'm not taking Henry either. He's nah. No. He wasn't. <laughs> Belchi and Henry. He's not that's an upgrade not over Belchi. That's no. not a tandem you want. Nope. So I am gonna go. I'm gonna take Shane Baker. I'm gonna take the girl that they let in on the in the last game. Ah. She's she's got a cannon, man. She's got she a does. shot. She does. She does. So I. I, I like that. I want to see what she can do with, some, with with full training when they actually let her go practice with everybody. Uh, see if she can work in with the team. Honestly, with that shot, it's very unclear what position she plays. Maybe she could play defense. I don't know. I could at least see her being that uh, that fourth forward on a power play. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just setting up in the in Ovechkin's office and just in the OB spot. the can in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So there you go. Shane Baker. That's my pick. Shane Baker is headed to Team Dan. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, what about you? You know, same dilemma. Kane Frazier seems like a good goalie, but there's just no chance in hell I do not have a spot <laughs> for him on my team. Um, I'm not against picking bad guys, but Jesus. Jesus Christ. No, no way. No way. Like, he makes me want to, like, roll my eyes like Brooks Kepka. That's how he makes me want to react. Um, I am going to. Because how can I not? I'm taking Stewart. I'm taking Alex Stewart. Goral, baby. I'm bringing me Alex Goral. He is the he's their best offensive forward, and he's played by Stewart. And that's really all I need to know about him um, to add him to my roster. Yeah, you know I can't argue with that. I he 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 was the I, my, the other choice. Yeah, just to have, for sure. I, I just wanted Stewart on my roster, honestly. That meet me as well. And if not, I was probably going to take Shane Baker. So I think we're, 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 we're feeling very similar about this. We've reached an accord. We've reached an accord. Well, there we go. These, uh, Let's we're never talk there. about this got, movie again. We've only got four spots left to fill up before we'll have a full <laughs> roster and we can really dissect who might win this fictional game. Uh, yes. next week, sneak preview, we're going to do the new mighty ducks game changers. Uh, yeah, so if you're not caught up Plus. on that whole season, go watch so, it. The full season go watch out it. now. And it's Ten episodes, really half hour. <laughs> Phenomenal. Uh, lots of nostalgia. They did a very good job of bringing things full circle, I thought. Um, let's teach them some words and get out of here. Yeah, all right. Let's play Squidwards. In case you've forgotten, here's how things work. Let's do it. Okay, um, let's find some new hockey terminology for everybody. Jeremy, can you explain what an apple is? An apple. I sure can. I uh, 
I've been eating lots of apples lately since I've been trying to lose weight. So, you know, apples are part of my daily diet. But I'm ready to go play uh, in this pride tournament and get some apples on the score sheet. Apple is just another term for an assist. So an assist, you know, someone scores a goal. If I pass the person the puck and they score a goal, I get an assist. If I pass the person to the person that passes the puck to the person that scores the goal, <laughs> I also get an assist, right? Yeah, and you think, and you think Corsi's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah wow I, i'm having a tough time with assists yeah. here but anyway yeah. it's not basketball I, I can pass it to the person that passes it to the person uh so you get double but uh but an apple is just another term you'll hear some people use for an assist it's is it just because it's it starts with an a is that really like yeah you know it's, you know how like it's you know like they talk in letter kenny i think it's just kind of something yeah. like that you know it's just kind of like hockey slang like it's just weird man it's just weird <laughs> It's just a lot of alliteration, yeah. a lot of rhyming, um, a lot of adding Y to the end. Smitty, <laughs> Murphy, like, you know, like you're just kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, just a lot of lot of, lot of weird stuff like that. So um, I don't really know where it comes from. No, I have no clue. I just know an apple is an assist. I'm going to oh, there you go. I'm gonna keep it on theme, though. I want you to tell the people what, what, what the biscuit is. <laughs> oh, the biscuit. Uh, well... <laughs> I'm also trying to eat healthier, so I'm having a lot fewer biscuits lately. But <laughs> this case, a biscuit just—it's a hockey puck. The hockey puck's called the biscuit, you know. You shoot the biscuit. It's all in it the is. basket. Biscuit. Put the biscuit in the basket. That's the name of the game. That's exactly. That's all you got to do. Sh- top shelf. Grandma keeps cookie jar. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Biscuit. It's got the right shape. I wouldn't eat a biscuit that black. It's probably burned. Yeah. Yeah, I can see yep. that. Uh, I can see how people call it a biscuit. I can definitely see it's got. I can see where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes more sense than apple for sure. All right, we're running out of time here, so let's finish this one off. Yeah, let's talk about numbers. Uh, we got episode number sixteen. Um, mm-hmm. Before we talk about our favorite number sixteens and, and other new number news, I uh, I received my number assignment for the tournament. I was correct. There's fourteen of us on the team: one goalie, thirteen players, nine forwards, four okay. defensemen. Uh, this is in the this is in the what is it called again the the pride, pride... hockey classic the seattle pride classic okay. i think is what it's called um, okay and uh and the goalie's number one we're number two through 14 i didn't get my number nine but i didn't get ah. stuck with like a defenseman number our defenseman you know like number three and four uh or i think number okay. two and number three are our defenseman yeah. i got number 10 glenn goodall's number jared kellen's oh. number ron francis's number Oh wow, Pavel Bure. Pavel Bure's I'm, number. I'm definitely scoring goals. I'm definitely okay. scoring some goals. Yeah, number ten. How many games is this? Do you know? Yeah, I'm guaranteed four. So there's only there's four teams. Uh, okay. They are all here. I gotta pull it up because you know what? This is actually a. This is folks are gonna love this. I don't know if this is public. Maybe I'm I'm leaking it. I can be the I can be the, <laughs> I can be the first source. But um, the Seattle Pride Classic. We are. We are all on four teams. We were just a, it was a draft tournament, which means you just put your name in the hat, you get drafted to a team. They kind of mm-hmm. ask you what skill level you play. They try to even the teams out as best they can based on what you submit. Um, so the four teams, it's uh, they're all named after LGBTQ activist icons. Uh, we have Team Marsha for Marsha P. Johnson, Team Harvey for Harvey Milk, Team Eddie for Eddie Windsor, and then my team, Team Laverne for Laverne Cox. So I oh, yeah. am super stoked. I'm going to have number 10 in pride numbering on the back of my jersey. Uh, I'm on, our jerseys were on the blue team. There's blue, white, black, and green. 
The greens look pretty sweet. Awesome. You know me, I'm definitely a green guy, but I'll take blue. Yeah, cracking colors with blue. There you go, sold. The logo, Done. the logo's even light blue on the front. Nice. Yeah, we're in business now. You got okay. Me. So you're guaranteed four games. Guaranteed four games. Two on Saturday, then we play on Sunday, and then there's going to be the third and fourth place team play for third, and the first and second play for first. So play all three okay. teams once and one of them twice. So guaranteed four games. They'll let us know about spectators the week of. They're going to wait as long as they can to hopefully have, I think, probably the most possible because I got an email for another league I play in, and I saw that I think I, they're allowed to have, like, less than 50 in the building, which I, like... <laughs> <laughs> there's usually nobody there so i'm not, I'm not worried about that uh okay. at this tournament there might be some people that come you know for families yeah. and people come to sports so i'll keep you all in the loop but Sweet. um but number 10 i i'm feeling relieved that i can now go out there and comfortably score goals in a, in a goal scorer number knowing that you're wearing number 10 in four games i'm gonna i'm gonna have to expect at least eight goals from you Oh boy, it's been a, it's been over a year i'm playing pickup tomorrow i'm gonna try and get out at least once more before the tournament so I'll I'll tell yeah. you on our next pod how it's I'm feeling game. about. Uh, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll tell you if I'm feeling an over or under on eight when I after after my next couple my next couple All weeks. Right. All right. So before we get out of here, number we're episode number sixteen. Who are who do you got for 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 uh, for a favorite for number sixteen? Favorite number sixteens. Ooh. Well, I mean, we got to shout out Ryan Gibbons, right? We have to. Right, Gibby. Gibby lived with us for four years when he played for the Seattle Thunderbirds. He was a bit of a fan favorite, as far as I could tell. Uh, you know, we were definitely Gibby. biased. People loved Gibby. He was six five. He was just huge. Just towered over everybody. Yeah, uh, he's a powerful. Gibby forward. Ward over sixteen, man. He's a lion. He made it uh, as a linesman in the NHL. So you can see him in the playoffs. I just saw him doing that uh, Colorado Vegas game the other night. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I got I got to give shouts to Ryan here. That's a good. That's a good one, man. I was gonna do him if you didn't do, because I mean, we love Gibby. Gibby's the best, man. Somebody I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping to to see him. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to see him uh, be be do some cracking games. I'm sure we will. Uh, mm. You know, he he's he's not from too far from here, so it'd be it'd be fun to see him out here. We'll we'll make sure episode number fifty eight is the the Ryan Gibbons episode. Is that is now his uh his, his lines his linesman number. Um, Ryan Gibbons is a good one. I was thinking maybe Brett DeCecco. I'm just Brett DeCecco. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, we got to shout out to another Tyler Thunderbird Vaughn. legend. <laughs> Tyler Lockett's a good one. Um, Trevor Linden, Trevor Linden, oh, an old yeah. captain for the for the for the Canucks, is a good one. Mm-hmm. But me personally, I I think I'm going with Willie Bloomquist. Oh, I love Willie Bloomquist. I loved Willie Bloomquist. That man can do it 16, all. And Willie Bloomquist was the best. I also, you know, shout out Mike Blowers. Mike Blowers is a solid number sixteen yeah, for yeah. Mariners, lift for Mariners history. But uh, but like when I was a kid, I always thought of myself like I think we all do, especially when we play little league. Like we all think of ourselves that that we can play every position because when mm-hmm. you're younger, you do, and you you know you feel like you're good at all of them. So I think you know you always I think especially little leaguers, we always love the utility guys on our baseball teams, and uh, and Willie Bloomquist was the one of kind of our generation. He was a Mariner multiple different times, multiple stints with the team, um, quality major league player. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give Willie Bloom Boom a shout out. Perfect. All right. Well, that's a wrap then on episode 16, the Willie Bloomquist episode. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for making it through this whole thing. Uh, And we will see you guys in a couple more weeks when we take another crack at it. Yo, cracking. Cracking.